Welcome to Pretty Pitches. I'm Paige Feichert. And I'm Nalia Williams. How's it going, girl? Good. Haven't seen you in the in a while on the podcast. Yeah. I have seen you in person. <laughs> in a while. You've seen me in person, <laughs> but you haven't seen me on the podcast. Right. In a while. Yeah, that's true. Hey, what are you holding there? A softball. You're holding a softball. Do you know whose signature this is? No. Do you remember her name? <laughs> you should probably remember her name. I can't read it. Okay, that's S- Sydney McKinney. Yeah. Sydney McKinney. Okay, so I wanted to tell you, I told you to get that before we started. Um, because guess what happened this week? What? Sydney McKinney was the first, was drafted first by Athletes Unlimited in their draft for their softball league. What does that mean? That means that she was the number one pick. So, like, the MVP? (laughs) Well, not exactly, but, like, it just means that they recognize that she's a very good player and they really want her to play. Okay. And continue to play. Isn't that amazing? Yep. Yep. So, she has a path on into professional softball, which I don't think really is a surprise to me. What about you? Yeah, I don't think so. Not so much a surprise? Pretty good. Do you remember watching her when we went to the game together? Yeah, that that was a crazy game. That was a crazy game, and you took some crazy videos. (laughs) Yeah, crazy, but like crazy in the game and crazy, crazy. Yeah, but it was good. It was a good game, though, right? Yes. Do you remember how what what the end result was? Yeah. So they were like down. I said they had a thousand points. But they didn't really have a thousand points. (laughs) They didn't. They had one. One inning, what's one? Zero, 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 zero for all the other. Yeah, so they were down for a while, and then they came back, right? Yep, and they got eight points in total. Yeah. Versus, was it four? I think so, something like that. Yeah. Well, I edited all your fantastic videos and put them on my Instagram page, so if anyone hasn't seen that yet, it's well worth your time. But, um... The, the, softball, the softball team, which is state softball team, is headed to play their conference tournament this week. So we are going to watch that. We are going to watch what we can watch, and we're going to keep our eyes on which is state softball, huh? Yep. Because they're doing great this year. Or I am going to do whatever I'm going to do. Right, so I'll keep my eye on it. I'll let you know what happens. Yep. So speaking of softball, you started softball. Yeah, I had a game yesterday. You had a game, yeah, yesterday, and you have another one this week. What's your favorite thing about softball? Uh, like, or, like, what's your favorite thing to do when you're playing softball? Like, is it playing in the field? Is it batting? Is it throwing the ball, catching the ball, fielding the ball? I like hitting. Hitting, I of like course. I like to hit. Of course. The ball. And it goes, wee. Yeah, sometimes. Um, what happened in your first game that had never happened to you before, and you had to learn how to react? Oh, I got hit by the ball. Yeah, you got hit by a pitch, huh? Yeah, I got hit by. The Did you pitch. want to cry? No. I knew it. I I would have wanted to cry. You I, were so tough. <laughs> it looked like it hurt. It hit your back, and man, it's, <laughs> I could hear it up in the stands. <laughs> Yeah, so when when I got to first base, it hurt. Well, it was all on first base. But once I made it to second, it didn't really hurt that much. Anymore. Yeah, it wasn't so bad. Yeah, but one of my teammates got hit yesterday at our game on her leg, and it's I guess it still hurts to this day. Yeah, well, we'll find out on Thursday when we see her, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's been pretty fun. I think so. We've got some girls here in town playing on the Shockers team that are good role models for you, huh? Yeah. Yep. Well, do you know what an athletic director is? No. It's kind of like it's kind of like the person that is over all of the sports at a school. And make sure that they have everything that they need and that, you know, they advocate for all the sports, which means that they, you know, like, 
speak on their behalf sometimes and help with money, help with marketing and business and help make sure that all the student athletes have what they need to be successful athletes and students. But I've heard we're having one today. (laughs) We are. That's why I'm telling you this. So today's guest is the athletic director at Wichita State, which he is new to the job as of last summer. So he's coming up on his one year mark. And yeah. Yep. Okay, good. I'm glad you're ready to celebrate that (laughs) in his in his first year, which I'll say he's done a lot of amazing things. So I'm really excited to share this interview with you and with all of our listeners because it was very insightful and cool and exciting. It was really exciting for me. Well, I wasn't there, so I couldn't. Oh, no, you were there. You actually came into the room while I was on the call. Really? Yeah, we are at grandma's house. You came into the room. (laughs) <laughs> oh, yeah, she was on the call, and I came in the room for a second saying, hello. Yeah, exactly. You just want to throw me off my game. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't work. It never works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, well, um, well, I guess without um, prolonging this too much longer, please enjoy this week's episode with Wichita State Athletic Director Kevin Saul. Today I'm with Wichita State University Athletic Director Kevin Saul. Welcome to Pretty Pitches. Oh, thanks so much, Paige. Really appreciate you having us on the show. Looking forward to our conversation. Yeah, me too. Um, I actually met with Angela Buckner a couple of weeks ago. And she's like, you have to get Kevin on the podcast. So here we are. <laughs> Angela uh, is, a, is a great woman. She was on the uh, committee. Uh, the hiring committee for the director of athletics, and as you know, is a, a, a absolute rock star in our women's basketball program, and holds a lot of records. And uh, she's still very much plugged in with our program, and such a great supporter of of WSU, and doing great things at the Y. Yeah, and I love um, that's one thing I love about Wichita State. Though it's funny, I'm going to just give you a little context about me. I grew up here, and I went to Wichita State, kind of like on accident like I, I played soccer so I was gonna go somewhere else you know I was gonna go some out of town and everything and then I ended up at Wichita State and I was just like grumpy about it at first but now love it and have been a part of it and I feel like most student athletes um, from Wichita State are like lifelong shockers lifelong shocker supporters and I love seeing them at the games and stuff so on that note let me ask you what your draw was to Wichita State. And I know you do have some Kansas ties, right, from growing up? Yes, I grew up in Manhattan, Kansas, and dad was a psychology professor at Kansas State and department head for uh, probably 12 of the 20 years that they were there. And mom was an advisor in the College of Arts and Sciences. So you can imagine what our dinner table conversations were at the house. It was a lot of program and student development. And so those are the things that you heard whether you wanted to or not, those are the things you heard as a young person. So grew up in Manhattan. I was a student athlete at the University of Arkansas and TCU on their swimming and diving programs. Arkansas dropped their men's program. And and uh, I knew that going in. I transferred to TCU and finished competing there. I got my undergrad in, in psychology. Uh, did my master's degree at uh, the University of Kansas in sports administration and then started uh, what has been a 23-year career in athletics. So my first five years were at Kansas State and then uh, spent two years at UMKC in Kansas City, um, 12 years at the University of Kentucky. And my first uh, opportunity to be blessed with a director of athletics spot was at Murray State University in far southwest Kentucky. And now we're back at Wichita State. So the draw for Wichita State uh, for me has been it's a program that I I grew up watching. We were huge sports fans, so we we watched and followed K State, KU, and Wichita State. Um, when I was growing up, college baseball was really coming on the scene, uh, ESPN, and the balls were really tight and the bats were really really live. So you'd get a lot of home runs in in the college baseball game. And at that co- point in time, obviously, Wichita State was in the College World Series um, so many of those years. And so that's really got on my radar. My oldest uh, sister, I'm, I'm the youngest of three. My oldest sister um, actually dated and married a, uh, a gentleman from Wichita who was Darren Dreifert's high school uh, catcher 
on the baseball team, tried out at Wichita State and got injured in the fall of 89. Um, and so when he transferred to Kansas State after the injury, uh, met my sister. And of course, he brainwashed me to the Shockers as well. So um, I've followed Wichita State for a number of years. Um, you know, in our journey at the different schools that I, I laid out for you, we've competed against Wichita State. We hosted them in a volleyball tournament in, um, in Lexington when I was there. Uh, we played them in basketball uh, two different years. And so it's a program I've been very familiar with and blessed to come back. Uh, Wichita State is is doing some remarkable things on the campus side. You know, we've got 60 business partners that are involved in the innovation campus and an applied learning program that really is cutting edge for the university. So it's a great thing to be a part of President Muma's vision and the, the executive team just do an unbelievable job. And I was excited when I heard about the vision. Yeah, I love the campus right now. Uh, so, so I graduated in 2013 with my undergrad and um, uh, my daughter loves the student center. Like when we're on campus, I'll be like, you know, when I, you know, I never got to enjoy that as an undergrad, but I helped pay for it with my tuition. <laughs> <laughs> but I love the campus right now. And speaking of, I love the facility um, upgrades from the, well, in additions, I should say as well, from the athletic side. Um, one thing that I really like is, and I don't know much about, so it'd be awesome if you could share, is the um, the academic edition for the athletes. Can you tell me more about that? That's over by, like, between Coke Arena and Cessna Stadium, kind of, right? That's right. So it, it, this, we call it the Student Athlete Center. Um, it was completed and opened up in the fall of 2020. It was a part of a $13.8 million construction contract. And really, facility houses on the top floor, uh, 100% student-athlete support spaces. Our compliance staff, academic staff, uh, we have a large study hall and academic area with private tutor and mentor rooms, a computer lab, a full classroom. It is an absolutely beautiful, beautiful space. And um, so many folks have been have been uh, responsible for uh, funding that and uh, just very generously. And it's a beautiful space. I remember coming uh, to Wichita State when I, when I first showed up and I walked through that facility and it is a first-class facility. It's um, uh, it puts our, our academic support at some of the best in the nation. Um, so just a great facility there. And the lower floor has our, our, a lot of team locker rooms, track and field, a weight room, training room. It's a first-class facility. That's cool. It looks really, really nice. Um, oh, when I was doing my master's, I worked on campus and I would walk laps around campus and I used to, yes. I thought it was so gorgeous. So um, I have to brag on our, on our academic performance, which is obviously the output of a facility like that. We've been 35 consecutive semesters. Our athletics department has achieved department wide a 3.0 GPA or better. And the last two semesters, we've been above a 3.3. That's 250 student athletes um, all combining in for a 3.3 GPA is very impressive. That's super impressive. And especially because these athletes have full-time jobs with their sports and then probably other jobs, like uh, living a social life, and then also undergrads. So they're taking probably, I don't know, minimum of 12 credit hours a semester. That's insane. It's amazing. Yeah, most of most of ours are in 15. And then when you combine, Paige, the fact that we are 50% first-generation college students to that, okay? So you've got young people coming to Wichita State University that are doing things that have never been done before in their families and, and likely wouldn't have the opportunity to do so without the athletics aid that comes with their scholarship. So I think we're ensuring generational and transformational change in families, and that's the best part of the job is positioning young people educationally um, and then developing them as people to be really, really successful. A few stats for you. So uh, this past fall semester, we were a 3.34. Keep in mind, we had 250 student athletes. 191 of them were a 3.0 or better. 168 wow. were above a 3.2. 97 at 3.5 or better. And 36 of our, our student athletes well over 10% were at a 4.0 GPA. That's insane. Like, I'm really impressed. That's amazing. And it's it speaks a lot of not only 
you know, the, I mean, one, the commitment from Wichita State to their student athletes and two, the commitment of those student athletes to their education. So I love to see that. I love, you know, I am a big nerd. So I love to see that that is so valuable um, on both parties right there. That's amazing. Yes. So think about if you get 250 student athletes and they each are in 12 to 15 hours, I'm not quick enough to do the math. A lot of classes, right? And 70, 77% of the classes we take result in an A or a B. That's amazing. That's great. Yeah, no, that is amazing. Good for, good for Wichita State Athletics. I'm very impressed by that. And, and over there close to the students, did you call it the student athlete? Center, Student Athlete Center. Student Athlete Success Center. Yep. So right next door to that is Cessna Stadium that will be undergoing some renovations um, shortly, I guess. Is that in progress yet or is that to come? Yes. So there's multiple phases to the project. Uh, Phase uh, 1A and B. Basically, phase 1A is the, uh, the east side. So after State High School track this uh, June of 23, the east side will be uh, will be uh, demoed to come down and uh, we'll build out that east side with mixed use seating, plaza, concourse, restrooms, concessions, all the fan amenities. Um, and then after the um, state high school track meet in the spring of 24, we will um, reconfigure the event level and end zone seating. And so the the scope of that uh, phase 1B in the spring of 24 will be to widen out the track so that we've got uh, size for a collegiate soccer field on the inside. We will do end zone seating there as well. And phase 1A and B funds have already uh, been secured. So that is uh, moving forward. Um, perhaps the, the, the phase two, if you will, um, the most significant component of the project uh, is the west side, so the side that's closest to Coke Arena. And uh, there will be a large structure there with significant seating. And within that structure will be team support spaces, athletic training, locker room, weight room, um, all of those support elements. And our goal uh, in the next several years is to um, add women's soccer uh, to our sport portfolio. Um, that's a sport that nine of our conference current conference peers play. And we don't, and we'd, we'd love to be able to do that. I think it would resonate very, very well in the city of Wichita. And I, I think you might as well uh, with your history, Yeah. Uh, but I think we can be very successful there. So it would really be foolish for us to plan um, such a significant upgrade to that facility without paving a way for a future soccer program. Yeah, I'd love to hear that for sure. I come from a soccer family and played myself and this is a great soccer city. There's a lot of interest here. We obviously, we had like the wings growing up and stuff. We used to go to their games a lot. So it was really fun. Um, tell me, one thing I've always wanted to know is what is the process? And maybe you could just give me like a super high level view of adding another sport to like a university's like sports lineup. Well, it, it's there, there's elements of it that are very simple. And then there are those that are a little bit more nuanced and complex um, as it relates to just designating another sport with the NCAA we do a sport declaration form every year so it's as simple as checking a box that we're going to host uh, we're going to sponsor women's soccer now the reality of it is is that it takes multiple years to plan and prepare for that in terms of uh, you got to have a facility for it so obviously we're in step one to try and create that pathway you got to have the people the coaches and support staff um, it's typically a roster size of 23 to 27, somewhere in there. Um, and so that's going to take a couple of re- recruiting cycles. So even um, as you hire a staff, it's realistic that it could take two or three years to be able to field a team um, at the competitive level. So it certainly will take a little bit of time. Uh, but at the end of the day, the great things do, right? Great things are hard and they take some time. And if we're 10 years down the road and we're, we're, we're five years into a women's soccer program that's that's growing and building, it adds our sport portfolio in the fall, which is currently volleyball and, and cross country. It helps with student life, um, on-campus engagement, and uh, we'd love to be able to do that. So again, very early in the process, very preliminary stages. I don't want to over-promise and under-deliver on a year or a date, but uh, it's certainly in our thoughts as we move forward. 
Yeah, that's so exciting. I, you know, you might have a season ticket holder over here for that. <laughs> That'll be there. That'd be great. And you can bring 2000 <laughs> of your closest friends. Yes, yes, I got it. I got you. Um, and also on that note of updates, upgrades on campus, uh, I saw the story come out, I think maybe a month and a half ago on the proposal for the softball complex upgrades. Um, tell me, well, one thing first that I want to say before that is I, you know, when there was an announcement that you were going to be the AD at Wichita State, like I, I'm just like, okay, you know, what's this guy about? Well, some of the first things that you said in interviews with like Taylor Eldridge were regarding women's sports and especially our softball program, which is incredible. So I really admire that obviously and respect that. And it's clear that your eye has been on this softball program that's been insane top 25 team for a while now. So tell me a little bit about those upgrades and overall the direction of our softball program. Well, I appreciate that. And maybe I'll zoom out for a minute and just talk about the importance of uh, women ath women's athletics at Wichita State. So I think you have to, from a context perspective, just go back. I grew up the youngest of three with two older sisters. And as a family, we bounced around from our athletic events all over town in Manhattan. And so uh, very much enjoyed, you know, my middle sister was in traveling softball and she played a year of softball at the University of Kansas. And uh, my oldest sister actually was in swimming and diving and, and softball as well. So just a very, I wouldn't call us an athletic family, but we were uh, involved in athletics is how I'll put that. And uh, so that's really important. We got to the University of uh, Kentucky. Under Mitch Barnhart's leadership, we had a vision to be a top 20 program in the, in the Learfield uh, Directors' Cup nationally. And Mitch took an approach where uh, he prioritized getting the human resource piece right first, right? Making sure that we had head coaches, all of our accountable assistants, that we were fully sponsorship uh, sponsored in all scholarships because we wanted to make sure that we could maximize and get ourselves into the top 20. That took some time. It took some some time to raise the funds, uh, to execute the vision. And then beginning right around 2011, 2012, we got into a, an extensive uh, capital projects and facilities construction. And if I can recall the order correctly, we did track and field first. It's about a $12 million facility uh, that we hosted uh, the, the regionals, uh, NCAA regionals there a couple of times. We hosted SEC outdoors there as a beautiful facility. Um, we renovated softball uh, was the second thing that we did. And we actually put a renovated soccer stadium right next to it that had a connection point between soccer and softball. So we could utilize dual purpose, the press boxes when we hosted NCAA events. Um, we did a soccer practice facility. We did an indoor uh, softball facility with a full infield. Some of the similar things we're planning here at uh, at Wichita State. And then we got into football training center and the, the football stadium itself. Uh, but over the course of about 10 years, we did a little over $250 million in capital construction uh, to support um, our people. So you start with the people and get the human resource piece right first, and then you move into the facilities. There's no doubt in my mind, we have the absolute right people leading our softball program. Mm -hmm. Coach Brad Benner does a phenomenal job with her staff. Uh, when I got here in July, we invested in their contracts uh, to, to stretch out the term um, and, and add compensation to those contracts because you got to keep good people. Um, yeah. that, that's the, the first priority. Um, as we talked about it during the interview process, I, I, we knew we needed to get into a facility master plan to advance our facility portfolio uh, into the next phase. And why is that important, Paige? Because recruitment, retention, and development it's really the same reason why you're seeing all the building on the innovation campus, why you're seeing a new business building in Woolsey Hall. Mm -hmm. uh, we want to recruit elite level talent. We want to be able to retain them and then also to develop them in a really efficient way when they're here. Same with softball, right? So if you, if you, you look at the softball facility uh, and what we've done there in the last uh, 16 months, new lights, uh, new batting cages, right? New dugout. Mm -hmm. um, at the conclusion of this season, we will be putting in um, artificial turf where all the grass areas are now. Nice. It will help us maximize use, uh, not only in season, but for external events, because we want to grow women's sports in Wichita as well. And so we've done all those things. 
um, in effort to host the American Athletic Conference Championships in 2024. So now we're talking about yes. a league championship that we're going to host in this facility. Um, so uh, that piece has been really, really good for us. And the next phase in that in softball is the plans that you have seen. Um, we've got a project that basically has two big boxes, I'll, I'll say, on the on the west side. Um, it will connect to that renovated dugout that we just finished. So that will be the future home dugout. And you'll be able to walk out of that dugout and walk into a team operations a building that will have a mud room, locker rooms, um, team rooms, coaches offices, team meeting space for scouting and film, um, just a wide variety, nutrition. Um, and so that will be a fully comprehensive facility for a young women that will be connected to the second box which is a full indoor infield, about 110 feet by 110 feet, gets you a full infield. You'll have nets to drop down for pitching and hitting cages. Um, you can pull them all up and do live infield. So in the inclement weather, we're still developing. All of this is done for recruitment, retention, and student-athlete development as we build our programs. Yeah, I love to hear that. That's actually so exciting. And I really, really want to see it when it's done. Um, because yeah, no, that's cool. I mean, the, the, uh, attendance even at the softball games and stuff is insane right now. I saw Tuesday pictures from Tuesday this week. I was like, that's impressive. I'm amazed. So that's, I'm so happy absolutely. to see that. What was that? Yeah. The attendance has been really good. So we added two, two additional decks in the outfield. Um, we have sold out multiple games. I think we, we ended up uh, stopping to sell season tickets just so we could accommodate a little bit of walk-up traffic and all obviously our obligations from a visiting team ticket standpoint. But the other night, again, the Shockers run ruled number seven in the country, Arkansas, and the line was stretched down the street almost to the Y for folks that are that were trying to get in. So the demand for that product is really high in our community. And uh, the facility project is is intended to meet that demand. So it's uh, it's been awesome to see the growth so far. I love that. And, you know, I so I mentioned to you, I graduated 2013 with my undergrad. So that was our men's basketball final four year. And so, and actually I dated a guy that played on the basketball team. So going, that was number one and maybe still is, but that was number one in terms of bringing in money as far as athletics go, but being able to see just the interest and excitement about softball has really made me like, I don't know, changed my whole perspective on things. It's really made me excited too. So love that. Absolutely. And there is a financial component to that page. You've got five sports that we sponsor where we sell tickets, mm -hmm. men's and women's basketball, volleyball, baseball, and softball. And so the ability to produce some revenue that goes right back into the investment in our student athlete development is really important. Yeah, definitely. And a new component now within the last year, two years, I guess, um, is that NIT. So for players to actually, and I know Sydney McKinney has been uh, outstanding as far as NIT goes, but you know, or NIT, NIL, I'm sorry, NIL, I'm mixing up my words here, the NIL. And I know Sydney McKinney is doing great there, but um, I think that being able to have that exposure, you know, having this excitement about the um, softball team, they're doing so well and having so many people come and watch them. And this goes for other sports as well. I'm not trying to just stick to one, but it does a lot for them because they are able to have more opportunities in that regard. So that's, that's absolutely. Yeah. So the name image likeness, the NIL piece is, is really evolved here in the last couple of years. And to, to set the context, when I was a student athlete in the uh, mid to late nineties, if I wanted to have a business or um, advertise a business or use my name, my picture, uh, a likeness, a Jersey number, um, to for commercial purposes, that was not permitted. And so if you think about, you know, you're sitting in class with uh, maybe a young student from the College of Fine Arts that has the ability to go down on a Friday night and play the piano in a restaurant mm -hmm. and get paid to do so. That was not something that student athletes were able to do um, back then. And so really that's the intent of the transformation with NIL is to give student athletes an opportunity to do the same. And so love it in its purest form. We've got to do a really good job as an association to put some, some, some 
parameters around it so that it's not abused. But for us at Wichita State, when I walked in in July, we did not have an NIL program. And so we put the infrastructure together with Open Doors as a company that we partnered with that connects uh, student athletes with the business community and allows those deals to occur with all the back end accountability pieces that, that we're responsible for. Uh, we've got two collectives. Um, one is Armchair Strategies um, that really is picking up some momentum here. And the other is Paladin Strategies. And I'm really excited about Paladin Strategies because um, it is, we think it, it certainly was when it was developed, and we think it still is now the only um, NIL collective that's dedicated to female student athletes. So you mentioned that uh, Sydney McKinney has certainly done a phenomenal job with hers. And we've got multiple female student athletes that are capitalizing on their NIL through Paladin Strategies. So it's really exciting. Yeah, I love to see that for sure. Um, you know, I got confused with my acronyms earlier because I'm looking at my notes for another topic I want to talk about, women's basketball in, in the women's NIT. Um, so continuing to play into the postseason, uh, one of a, a great season this year that they've had. Talk to me a little bit about the basket, the women's basketball program and your thoughts on the season. Yeah, Coach Adams did a really nice job this year, and and certainly they have um, built it with the intention to be uh, significant and consistent in the postseason. That's uh, that's certainly our goal. And so we we did have a great year. We're sitting at eighteen and fourteen right now on the season. Uh, we started early. I think we were eleven and two to start the season. Um, we had a great showing in the American Athletic Conference Championship. And for the first time ever in the American Athletic Conference, as the eight seed, the Shockers beat in the second round game, number one, South Florida. And so we were incredibly excited for that one. And they have earned their, their way into the NIT, which is uh, our women's basketball program's first postseason appearance in eight years. Um, so we're excited to do that. They tip off tonight against uh, the Wildcats at, at, in Manhattan uh, against K-State, and we're excited to see how they do tonight. But it's been a great season. Yeah, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think I saw a stat that said that was um, the first loss for South Florida in the tournament, in the conference tournament. Yeah. I think that might be the case. Yeah, That's insane, and that's amazing. What a game. Actually, um, ironically, uh, Ella Ancio's little sister played on my daughter's basketball team. So I saw her mom the next night and I'm like, oh yeah, look at that. That's amazing. So I was really hyped about Excellent. it. Excellent. Um, one thing I saw that you, that you have added, um, or your department has added this year is this game day experience. Um, you, you guys have had some like MCs at the basketball games. Tell me about that program and kind of your purpose behind that. Well, my background is uh, the first probably 12, 15 years of my career was in uh, event management. And so when you think about event management, there's two components to that. There's the game operations, the piece that happens on the floor, the teams and the officials and all the rules and those sort of pieces. But there, then there's the event component to it. And we've spent a lot of time at the University of Kentucky and resources on maximizing the event experience. And we talked about a driveway to driveway experience. So you think about when you go to an event page and you leave your driveway, um, you've got traffic, parking, tickets, seating, concessions, restroom, security, um, customer service, all the elements of a major event. And then you have the game production po uh, component as well, the music, the sound, the video board, how do you tie that all together, promotions on the floor. And so we got here, we spent a lot of time this summer um, trying to build out a, a game production and event management experience. So we started with four different listening sessions with our fans. Um, we did a session with a group that had uh, season tickets in multiple sports. Uh, and we realized that that was uh, maybe a little bit older segment of our fan base. And then, so we slotted ourselves maybe a little younger and, uh, and then we went even a little younger. And then finally we landed on students. And so what you get with all of that is a lot of information comes into the funnel, right? And the, the format was awesome. We get into the Champions Club and we set up these easels with these large um, fish paper all over. And we would walk through our vision and just ask for feedback. Give us good, bad, ugly. 
And so what we ended up with is 170 unique pieces of feedback from our fans. Wow. And our staff took that list from August through October and probably picked through about 80 or 90 of those and, and implemented them into our game day experience at basketball. And so we'll continue to do that, right? We still have some that are going to require some resources. Uh, we'll refresh the listening sessions in the summer, um, but that's the only way you continue to get better. So people, it's funny, I chuckle. People ask me, what are you trying to accomplish on game day? And I say, somewhere between a rodeo and a circus is, <laughs> is our sweet spot, right? And so you mentioned it. Folks will say, man, we got a lot going on. We got PA, we have an MC, we got DJ, we got band. And that's the idea is we're trying to create and build something together as a Shocker family. Yeah, I love that. Like I said, I went to a lot of Shocker games um, when in my undergrad. And like, it's fun to go now. It was fun back then, don't get me wrong. But it's fun to go now because there's so much going on. Like you said, there's so many different pieces and elements to it. It almost feels like it pretty much suits anybody. You know, sometimes back then I used to be like, oh, you know, and I love the dance team. I love the cheer team. I actually really, really love watching them do their thing. But then sometimes even they wouldn't have much time. So they just come out and just do a couple of quick things and stuff and getting to see them perform, getting to see, you know, all the fun little games. It's like, I feel like I'm at an NBA game. So I love that. Mm -hmm. It's awesome. Well, uh, that's good. We'll continue to get better with it too. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, one thing that I have noticed this year, and I know that it was kind of a rocky, it was kind of a rocky season for the men's basketball team, um, is uh, it seems now, I don't know. I don't have numbers or anything like there was not as much, like not as many fans coming to those men's games. And I correct me if I'm wrong, but does some of this game day experience help try to generate that excitement and if so, what are some other things that that you guys want to do to kind of generate excitement, whether it's for the men's basketball team or any program? Well, as a student athlete, I think uh, any student athlete would tell you that they perform better in front of a lot of people. Right. It's Absolutely. there's a there's an emotional component to that. And and that piece is really important. And. So when you talk about marketing and maximizing and being strategic with marketing dollars, how do you how do you spend in a way and be creative in a way that gets people to the arena to help with the product on the floor? The flip side of that is is some folks will tell you the best marketing is a winning product. Well, I think we've right. Those are two extremes. I think yes. we got to manage them a little bit better. And we have to say both are very important. And so we need to do our part from a game production and fan experience perspective um, as our teams are building their product on the floor. And when all of that joins up and links in a really special way, then you're going to have some really cool things going on. So, uh, you know, from a men's basketball perspective, we had a little bit of a dip in our in our season tickets from last year to this year. Um, and so what we were able to do is move some folks down from the upper bowl down into the lower bowl. Um, we do have a fair number of corporate tickets as well that are in the lower bowl. And so it might surprise you if I told you that the lower bowl was less than 10% unsold this year. Okay. Right. So there's an element of the marketing component is once you have tickets, man, we want to get you here. Um, we've got to create an experience where folks are sitting in their living room an hour before the game and they're itching to get to Coke Arena because it's such a great experience and it's a great plot product on the floor. So it's not really one magic uh, answer. Mm -hmm. it, it's a lot of things that go into it that we've got to do a good job with. And I also want to say I'm definitely not trying to dog on the men's basketball program. I have watched them play a couple of times this year. Also very exciting. Very exciting. I, I, you know, love watching pretty much any sport. So very exciting. But it, yeah, just, I'm sure that that is, that is something you really have to kind of find your secret sauce there trying to, and, and with, and with college sports, it's, it could be different every year. You know, you could have, especially with the transfer portal now, you can have a completely different team from year to year. So trying to be able to balance that from a business and marketing side, I can see that being a unique challenge. Absolutely. One thing that I really have heard a lot from athletes, not necessarily Wichita State athletes, but just athletes in general, so mix of everybody, is this new or 
I guess I should say a renewed focus on mental health and as, as an athlete, I know Wichita state has designated mental health resources for student athletes. Can you talk to me a little bit about that? Yeah. So the, the caps center on campus uh, is designated for all students. And then within athletics, uh, we actually fund uh, one and a half full-time positions um, for um, specific student-athlete performance and mental health needs. And those two individuals are actually officed in the Student-Athlete Success Center that we talked about. And so there's a performance and sports psychology component to that, but there's also a mental health component to that. Our league office is very active in advocacy for mental health um, and activation with certain events or speaking engagements, uh, virtual opportunities to join educational sessions uh, online. It's um, today maybe more so than ever because of uh, all these devices we carry around in our pockets. Uh, mental health is really, really important, right? This is a device where anyone and everyone can, can, can upload an opinion with very little accountability. And so as a young person, if you're if you're reading that, um, man, it's going to be a challenge, particularly as a student athlete, when you're putting yourself out there publicly uh, multiple times a year. And so we got to make sure that we're doing that right. And again, I'll use the spectrum example as well. Most everything you see on social media is either the best of everything or the worst of everything. <laughs> and we all know that that life is lived right down the middle and we got to manage the middle. So um, certainly those, those resources are critically important for our student athletes. And we look to continue to, to grow those. For sure. Yeah. I, I worked in news for a while at channels Wealth here in town and the things people say online are brutal. So I, I am sure is there, um, do you do with your student athletes? Are there any like, I don't know if courses is the right word, but some sort of coaching along the lines of media relations for student athletes and maybe social media and stuff like that. Are there things, are there opportunities for that at Wichita State? Yes. So actually through our NIL partner, Open Doors, um, there's social media training. We have um, a class, like an introductory class for our student athletes and orientation where we'll talk about brand management um, that really what what you put on this device is a digital resume. So there's an educational component to that um, as you develop in our program. Um, and we will be implementing this fall, a program that, that we used at the University of Kentucky. I just haven't had the time to, to launch that here this last fall, where we will engage our captains and emerging leaders in our teams um, in a once a month dinner and leadership development uh, that will cover a lot of these components, credibility, how do you earn it? Uh, it's a currency, how do you spend it? Um, how do you take care of your teammates? And all of those pieces along with, you know, a robust uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion uh, program as well. I think that's important. All of those things to create a community because at the end of the day, the best student athlete experience is one that no student wants to leave, that feels really at home and comfortable there. And I think that helps us combat some of the challenges from a mental health standpoint. And at the end of the day, we work in a, an institution of higher learning and athletics has a unique uh, set of resources to help bring tremendous expo exposure to that institution of higher learning. So when we talk about DEI initiatives, for me, it's about impacting human hearts um, regarding the education and, and the value of diversity. And I can think of no better example than in our team huddles and our in our locker rooms. We're one of the most diverse group of students on campus. And uh, we have, there's great power in what happens on an athletics team and that synergy. And diversity is, is such a big part of that. So again, that's a lot of examples, but um, there's so many layers to a positive student athlete experience and, and positive mental health. And we, we will do our best to hit everyone we can. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I think I definitely feel like there is a a family with uh, any of the student athletes that I've met, or even sometimes I run into, um, lately I've been seeing the volleyball girls at the YMCA on campus and stuff, and it's always just this fun group. They're all, or they'll run, <laughs> one time I saw like two volleyball girls working out and they like ran into their teammate and they're like, hey, <laughs> it was great. It was great. I definitely feel that on campus. Um, another initiative that 
actually Angela told me was also something very important to you is the student athlete advisory committee. Um, can you tell me about that a little bit about what that is and why it's important? Yeah, it's basically a version of uh, student athlete government, right? Where you've got a, a student senate that has representatives from all the different constituencies and cohorts on campus. Student athlete advisory committee is a is a an entity that has existed for a very long time in college athletics, and it has a representative or two from every team within your athletics program. There's a student athlete advisory committee at the league level, so that they will um, they will um, populate that committee with student athletes from all the different sports in the league from different schools. And so they meet regularly and there's even a national student athlete committee with the NCAA. So it's a really important way for uh, the director of athletics, our, our administration, the faculty athletics representative to stay very close with our student athletes so that we can talk through initiatives or needs um, and make sure that that's a really strong connection between the students and the administration. Okay, cool. Yeah, that sounds that sounds interesting. And I was reading a little bit about it online. I thought that was something that was really cool. What um, what are some of the ways that we as people that are just part of this community can support student athletes at Wichita State? Well, I think uh, attendance at games is just huge. Uh, there certainly is a financial component to that, but it, in its truest form, it's about supporting our young people that are representing our, our institution, that are um, attaining their their degrees, uh, playing sports that they love. Um, they, they really feed off that support. You know, certainly there's a financial component to that as well. Uh, for those that are inclined, um, financial contributions to name image likeness through armchair strategies or paladin strategies is certainly helpful. We have all of that summarized on a website. It's goshockers.com forward slash NIL, uh, which stands for name image likeness. And all of those options are there. And uh, that's a critically important part of what we do. Uh, we also um, have other giving pathways that are of direct support for student athletes like Alston Educational Funds um, and, and unrestricted funds that help us invest in different areas. You know, I'll give a perfect example. Fred Van Fleet uh, gave a, a really generous gift of $250,000 to renovate the Coke Arena weight room. And we had very generous family and that Steve and Regine Fellmeyer that matched that. It's a million dollar project. So very quickly with two individuals, half of those dollars were raised and several families have either um, executed their interest or expressed interest in donating to close that gap. Well, that project has started and it will finish in July. And so this is one example. You know, Fred, Fred loves Wichita State and the development that occurred for him at Wichita State. And he wants to invest that development for future shockers. And Fred was just as fired up to support the men's basketball team who uses that locker room, but also volleyball and women's basketball. So that. of that of that facility, you know, you've got 15 on your men's basketball team, you got 15 on your women's basketball team and about 23 women on your volleyball team. So that facility will benefit 15 young men and it will benefit, you know, 35 to 40 young women. And Fred was really fired up about that. So those are examples of how you can you can give to athletics, and we will certainly do our best to maximize the impact to our young people. That's so cool. I love to see that. I really do. I saw the the Fred um, donate donation, I guess, or gift. Um, I was like, this is amazing, and I'm really excited uh, for yeah, what that means for the athletes. That's going to be awesome. I love Coke Arena. It's so cool. I love going in there. It is also nostalgic. So <laughs> it's great. It's a great facility. Yeah, it is. Um, okay. I have one more question for you. I read that you are currently a student as well. Is that correct? Well, the short answer to that is yes. The longer answer to that is in January of 21, um, I decided to enroll in the doctoral program at Murray State in P20 in, uh, education and community leadership. And I finished up the coursework literally 
in June of 22, um, I had I had gotten the offer for the job at Wichita State in mid-June. I finished up classes in late June and finished the comprehensive exams. Um, and then we came here July 5th. And it has been such a crazy year yeah. that I haven't had the time to really dive into my dissertation. And so I every every month or so, I'll reach back out to my dissertation committee at Murray State and I will beg them for a little bit more time. And they've been very gracious. Um, it, the pace has been really firm this last year since July. And Wichita State deserves 100% of my attention. So I have put the dissertation piece um, off to the side here until we have a little bit more time to do that. But I've completed all the coursework and comprehensive exams for a doctoral program and uh, looking to finish the dissertation, which ironically, Paige, is on, uh, it will focus on the intrinsic values and benefits of participation in inter intercollegiate athletics. Oh, that's cool. That's really cool. Well, I'm excited for you. I am also working on my PhD at Wichita State. So I feel awesome. you on the dissertation. I actually still have one semester of course, courses left after this one. So I kind of envy you on that level. <laughs> but, well, good good luck to you. It's uh, it's certainly a test of perseverance. Yeah, for sure. Well, and good luck to you as well. I mean, I could only imagine with all that's on your plate right now, trying to accomplish a dissertation on top of that. So, uh, you know, best of luck to you. And I hope that you can uh, iron that out. Maybe, maybe, maybe in the summer when there's a little downtime, maybe, I don't know. Yeah, there's only 24 hours in a day. So we'll right. find, uh, we'll find some days that uh, maybe are a little less firm on the pace and we'll get it done. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But I can tell you, I can't get away with, with not finishing it. My dad's got his PhD and, and uh, it, I, I, I just tell you, I won't be able to get away with not finishing it. So we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll get it. Oh, I get that. I, um, I tell a lot of people, a lot of people ask me, why am I doing it? And I just say, so my mom has to call me doctor every time she sees me. <laughs> just that. There you go. There we go. <laughs> that right there. Well, I appreciate your time. Um, I'm not going to ask you, but I am going to say best of luck on the um, search for a men's basketball coach and um, best of luck with everything moving forward with Wichita State. I love what you've done so far at Wichita State. I'm very excited for the renovations. I'm very well, excited to see your ideas moving forward. Well, I appreciate that. And I think it's really important to understand that it's not about me. Uh, it's about an unbelievable team of 100 coaches and administrators and staff and 250 student athletes. And uh, we're here to support them in a first-class way in their development. So we've got a great team of folks that are all pulling the rope in the right direction. And, and we're excited to do some great things at Wichita State. Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right, cool. Well, again, Kevin, thank you so much. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. I'm very excited to have gotten to meet you. I hope if there's anything that we could ever work together on in the future, I would love to do that. So thank you. Thank you again for it being here. Sounds great. Paige, thanks for having us on your show and go Shockers. Yes, of course. Thank you. Wow.